You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Talking About podcast. I am Sean Kennedy. Big news this week is all the latest in the Kevin Durant rumors. And luckily, back from vacation is the perfect guy to talk about that. Um, so not only does he have his finger on the pulse of Sixers news, but he's also provides coverage of Brooklyn. So back on the pod once again, Dave Early. Dave, how you doing? I'm good. Happy to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. As I said, it's the perfect uh you're kind of the perfect nexus of information for me to discuss everything happening with KD. So, which is funny because I'm always wrong about the Nets having covered them. The closer you get, the more <laughs> hard they are to predict. Yeah, you 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 have too much information that it kind of <laughs> it kind of, it kind of uh, contradicts itself at a certain point when you hear you hear so many different things coming yes, at you. Like Steve Nash, like we are not trading James Harden under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that. So, sometimes you have to you have to step away and remove yourself from the situation <laughs> to get to get the overall full picture. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, as I'm sure most people listening have already heard, I'll just quickly recap. Uh, you know, Durant made his his trade request earlier this summer. It's always kind of been lingering out there. The big names that have been floated have been Toronto, Boston, Miami, um, Phoenix. Earlier in the summer was a, a name heavily linked. Um, but recently, he he sat down and had what he described as a professional meeting where he basically said it's him or the head coach and the GM. So not sure how like cordial and professional that can be, but uh, that, that was the contention. So now it's come out uh, courtesy of uh, SNY's Ian Begley that the Sixers had high ranking members of their organization who were, you know, pretty, pretty adamant, like, Hey, we, we really need to look into this KD thing. And on top of that, both Begley and Frank Isola of the New York Daily News said that Durant viewed the Sixers as a welcome landing spot, which, I mean, if we were talking 10 years ago and you said to someone, top five player in the league, basically could pick anywhere he wants to go. He has, he has all the player empowerment power in the world right now. And the Sixers were on the short list. I, I think people would fall over in shock. So... I mean, this is the final, the final nail in the process didn't work people's coffin um, because what a great environment and organization that's now been constructed in Philadelphia where, where high-end free agents are, are putting the Sixers on the short list. So yeah, we're, we're a far cry away from <laughs> Sam Hankey pissed off all the agents term <laughs> for not paying Evan Turner. Yeah. We're a far cry from that. We're a far cry from the, when Elton Brand was not an executive, but he was a player and he was getting the Philly max where mm. the six, the Sixers couldn't even afford to pay max level 
free agents like and why would they even bother because no one wanted to come here so so brand got the philly max um which i guess was kind of like a tobias harris max in a sense um just yeah just slightly yeah. over slightly under what an actual max was um but yeah just, yeah. just to say we saved 10 mil or whatever 20 yeah, mil. exactly because the, the the pinch and penny days uh of sixers bygone days uh so yeah we're, we're we're happy that you know the Sixers are even in a place where any anytime these guys come up, it's like, oh, well, the, where are the Sixers a spot? But yeah, let's let's talk about Durant specifically. So you've been pretty adamant in in our Slack discussions with uh, Liberty Ballers that the Sixers do not have anything close to what would be considered the best offer for for Durant if it was a level playing field and Brooklyn got to pick the destination. So basically, what Beg- Begley and his piece kind of speculated was that an offer would be Tobias Harris, you know, as, as a productive player, but also the main salary filling piece, Tyrese Maxey as the blue chip prospect, incredible contract still on the rookie deal, just like one of the top assets in the league. And then also Matisse Thibel for uh, salary matching purposes. So that would be the, the, the crux of the, the players that they would send out. They would also have to, you would think, send some draft compensation. But Dave, this is, I think, one of the main parts of your argument is that the Sixers are pretty hamstrung in in what they could offer in terms of draft considerations. Do you do you want to expand upon that? And and I guess give give your overall argument. Um, I'm kind of, I already alluded to what it is, but you know, flush it out a little bit further for us. Yeah, it, everything you said. There's like many debates that people are already having. For example. If Kevin Durant really, really wanted to be in Philly, could he make that happen? Basically, like MVPs have a lot of say. And I think the, the baseline for things like that is different. Like there's not a ton of precedent. Many of the examples we think about, like Jimmy Butler giving, coming up with a short list and winding up on like one of four teams he might have wanted to play for, or James Harden doing the same with a year and a half on his contract, Anthony Davis. I don't think this fits quite as neatly into that bucket because he's got four years. He hasn't even begun the extension he signed last summer uh, and he's this good. So I think it would be a little contentious. Like if anything, I think Joe Sy, the ownership might say, Hey, I might take a little bit less to send you to your least favorite destination. I'd love to banish you to the Kings if they had the best offer. So Kevin might be able to dissuade an acquiring team like he could call Masai Ujiri and say I will never ever move to Toronto I just won't do it it's cold I'd have to get a new citizenship don't bother and that would probably be persuasive to that team right in terms of how much you're offering you don't want to offer Scotty Barnes if you're hearing that but that being said like some teams might call his bluff if he said I'm going to hold out to Daryl Morey Daryl Morey might call his bluff and say there's never been a big three like KD, James Harden, Joel Embiid assembled in history. So I'm going to do this and just call his bluff that he's going to play. I don't think that the Sixers have the offer. I know a lot of people are saying Tyrese Maxey is one of the very best things they could get. Um, I've seen some people saying he has more trade value than Jalen Brown, who's a free agent in 2024 and could leave whatever team has him by then. He could decline an extension. He would be eligible extension with the Celtics if he made an all-NBA team. I'm not sure how likely that is, but he certainly might. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. I think if you told me that Kevin Durant was traded, when I think about the Sixers' absolute all-in package, and you named most of it, it's Tobias Harris, 
Matisse Thibel, who we think that they wanted back in the James Harden, Ben Simmons trade, but it might've been as a reroute. They might not have wanted him specifically. They might've wanted a pick for him because they wanted shooters around Ben Simmons. It would be Tyrese Maxey, who's the obvious blue chipper here. Then as our Brian Topper pointed out for Forbes, you'd have to call Oklahoma and say, you know, that pick we gave you for Al Horford, we'd like to amend it. And Stan Preston would be happy to let you do that and take some of those protections away because then you could go to Brooklyn and say, you know, that 2027 pick you have for James Harden, let's make that fully unprotected. So you definitely get that no matter how we finish in 27. And once that's done, we can actually give you an unconditional 2029. So instead of the protected 2027, you're basically getting two unprotected picks in 27 and 29. A lot of value there the Sixers are giving up in terms of amending protections and giving their final piece. You can't trade any picks beyond seven years. But even that, I feel like it pales in comparison to an offer headlined by Jalen Brown. So when I hear this smoke, I think 100% it's true what Frank Isola is saying, what Ian Bagley is saying, that there would be some interest. Why wouldn't Kevin Durant want to play with the Sixers? That would be the most fulfilling championship on his current resume for his legacy. There's no Steph Curry there. Sixers haven't won anything. He would be getting them over the top. There would be statues of him and beating Harden for years to come, you know, on Broad Street. But how does that offer top anything else? So what I'm thinking when I hear this stuff is someone's leveraging the Sixers to get more out of a team like Boston. So what more will you attach to Jalen Brown? Will you give us Marcus Smart? Will you give us Robert Williams? Will you give us Derek White in three picks? Because – if the Sixers are interested and they're putting all that on the table, we can go to you and say you got to do better. Yeah, so a couple points you made that I, I want to hit on. So the, the, the holdout thing's interesting to me because uh, like a team like New Orleans you hear is in the mix, like a Brandon Ingram-led package. But why would Kevin Durant want to go to New Orleans if they're they're losing Ingram as part of the, the return package? And like, is Kevin Durant and a nearly always injured Zion Williamson going to really make noise in the the Western Conference? Like, I, I don't think so. So he would have no real reason to to go there. Like he is all of the, the teams on his list are teams that are, you know, possible contenders or would suddenly vault into definitely being surefire contenders if he was added into the mix. And he's going to be 34 years old when the season starts. Like that's obviously uh, the important part of the, the calculus for him. So I, I think to a certain extent there, there would be like a threat of a holdout, like is that would dissuade teams. Like if, if you mentioned Sacramento, like if Sacramento was to put together a trade package, like I don't think anyone realistically thinks, even if they add Durant, like Sacramento is suddenly like going to be in the top four, even of the West. So I, I think there is a, a fair amount of leverage that he can play in this situation. And I guess at the end of the day, the, the ultimate factor would be if Brooklyn doesn't make a deal because they say, Hey, you're, you're limiting us to three or four options and we don't feel like they're good enough is would Kevin Durant be willing to hold out and not play for Brooklyn this year? If, it, if a trade didn't go through, um, do you think there's any possibility of that happening? There, there was a report, I think it was Christian Winfield, who said that he's not scared to avoid training camp. I think Kevin right now is just trying to – I don't know that he really has a problem with Sean Marks and Steve Nash. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me 
that getting rid of them makes everything like solves problems that he's had in the past. Maybe it's a power play to get his guy, Rich Kleiman in the front office. So he just has total say. I think there were some reports that do make more sense that he was frustrated with their lack of lobbying former New York city mayor, Bill de Blasio on, uh, you know, the rule that banned Kyrie from playing in home games, maybe frustrated that they just got rid of one of his favorite assistant coaches and I think the biggest thing of all is that, okay, there's no more mandate ordinance. Kyrie was already a full-time player and you're not going to max him. And now I'm hearing rumors that you might trade him for Russell Westbrook. I got to get out of here. Like, I don't know where this ship is headed, but I know it's headed down. So I don't think he would, even if he tried to steer where he wound up, people were making the joke that remember the cupcake nickname he got for joining the Warriors. People are already back to Kevin only wants to play for a team that could win it without him. And, and that's a pretty short list, like the Suns and the Celtics. Um, and that, and that's fair criticism. Like, if he, is he really putting the Boston Celtics who just went to the finals and lost on his short list? Legacy-wise, that's not going to do a ton for him to win in one there, is it? So uh, I think there's a lot of moving parts in play. I do think he'd play for a team like New Orleans. I agree with you that playing with Brandon Ingram makes a lot more sense. So maybe it's McCollum and Picks. Maybe it's Zion that you're trading. In that instance, um, I don't know really how how it would work, but I have continued to hear their name pop up. The Raptors certainly make a lot of sense if he'd be willing to play there. Uh, if they could retain Scotty Barnes, I guess that would be Masai's preference. But um, a lot of scary scenarios in play for the Sixers because if nothing happens, they could knock the Sixers out of the playoffs. Like People are underestimating how good this Brooklyn Nets team is right now. Um, if they could just find some way to get on the same page after like a, a nice eight and two start. Yeah, I, I think Brooklyn definitely has the talent. I mean, I think there's just so many question marks like Kyrie. There's reports he wanted only to play 60 games and have that in his contract. Kevin Durant has a trade request, possible training camp holdout looming. Ben Simmons hasn't played in over a year and had back surgery and the rest of the Ben Simmons experience. Um, you know, they lost uh, Bruce Brown, who's a pretty important piece. They did get Royce O'Neal, so maybe that's a wash. But yeah, it's... Uh, if everything broke right for them, you could definitely see a scenario where they they make some noise in the playoffs. But I, it, it, it's hard to see them like hit, hitting the inside straight and, and everything working out perfectly. There's just too much discontent and side drama and everything else that we've been led to believe you need a certain level of cohesion and chemistry to succeed in this league. And everything seems to be pointing against them in that sense. So I, I, I wouldn't feel as concerned about it from another team's perspective, like, Oh, Brooklyn is going to hold Pat and we'll, they'll see what happens. Like, I, I think that would kind of implode on them at a certain point. Um, but let's, let's talk about, so you, you, you talked about Jalen Brown a lot. So, it seems like from your perspective, Boston would have the most competitive offer. And so, so you can either confirm or deny that. And um, also, what do you feel like would be the worst destination from Philadelphia's perspective? Like what, what package that has been offered would suddenly vault a, a, an additional team into that being that much more of a threat to, to the Sixers chances this year? It's a great question. I don't have a very clear answer for you. I, I think I will tend to believe the rumors that the 
Raptors do not want to trade Scotty Barnes. Do you do you believe that? Hey, yeah, because I feel like if they wanted to, that they could have gotten this done already. So I feel like they're really holding out for Brooklyn to be backed into a corner and say, like, okay, OG and Gary Trent and a lot of draft compensation, like whatever. That's that's better than nothing if KD is going to be so disgruntled, like we can at least pivot from there. Um, yeah, or I, even Siakam, I suppose. Yeah, so I feel like they, they view Scotty as their, their blue chip thing that they're just going to hold on to no matter what, and they're going to wait for better leverage to emerge um, it, yeah, to try to make I, a deal. I agree with that, and I think if that's the case, then Jalen Brown is the biggest name that we're hearing about. I mean, if Brandon Ingram was suddenly available, if Zion was suddenly available, that might change. Maybe, you know, depending on how Josiah values those players, Sean Marks values those players. But I think Jalen Brown right now is the trump card where he's the best combination of win now and win in the future. He would, if they got him and Marcus Smart, it would probably diminish their title odds, I'm guessing, but maybe not. Maybe not dramatically. Maybe there's a win-win deal where both the Celtics and the Nets improve their title odds incrementally. And that's a little bit bad for the Sixers because two division rivals both just got better. Yeah, just um, a, a, a talent swap where both both sides feel a little bit better from a chemistry perspective. Yeah, lo- long term, you might feel some relief. Like, okay, if the Celtics don't win it in the next two years, they just you know took one of the wheels off of their their carts here by losing those two players. They're not going to have the best defense in the NBA. They're not still not going to have a great answer for Joel Embiid, even with Horford and Rob Williams staying in, in certain iterations of a trade. So right now, and I could be persuaded otherwise, I think a worst case scenario is that Durant goes to the Raptors. And my thinking is that right now the Sixers are definitively better than the Raptors. If he went to the Raptors, the Raptors would probably be better than the Sixers. They might be favorites overall, depending on how that trade played out. And if that's the case, there's just one new team who's now in front of you, including the Celtics, who are already better, and including the Bucks, who are already better. And now you got a third team who's definitively there. Maybe the Heat as well, which you know we could waffle about back and forth. But if it was the Celtics that he went to, the Celtics are already better. And then the Nets are basically off the board. Or maybe you debate that if they got Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. But we would guess that the Nets would be diminished, in which case one of the teams who could knock the Sixers out of the playoffs would be, you know, less good. And one of the teams would be more good, but the team was already better than you. So it's just one less thing to worry about. And for those reasons, I, I think I think the Raptors would be a worst case at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, even, even if it did end up being Scotty Barnes, I just feel like he's still so young that it's a great get for Brooklyn from a team building perspective. But if we're looking at an Embiid Harden timeline, then you're not as worried about Scotty Barnes um, in the next two years. And Kevin Durant with Siakam and Van Vliet and everything else they have on that roster, if, if they didn't have to completely dismantle it because they included... Yeah, just him in the Kawhi role, right? Yeah. So, exactly. So... If, if it was just like Barnes and some other tertiary pieces just to make it work, but it, it Barnes wasn't and, any um, other core. I think Barnes and Trent Jr. and a pick could get it done. 
Yeah, exactly. So the Raptors would be substantially better with Durant for the next two years. Like horrifying from a team building perspective, like good, good bit of business by the Nets. But yeah, suddenly Brooklyn goes from, yeah, probably not as good as the Sixers because of all the drama and everything else um, to their, their, their definite rebuild team. But from a looking at the Eastern conference hierarchy perspective, nothing changes, but suddenly t- Toronto would go from, you know, a tier below the Sixers to maybe the best team in the East. So that would be, as you said, a really yeah. terrifying result from a Sixers perspective. So, all right. Uh, I think we fleshed out the, the Brooklyn slash Durant side of things pretty extensively. Um, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to, we're going to look at the Sixers end of things. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so we're back. So let's let's talk about Philadelphia. As we mentioned earlier, a speculative return package for Durant would be Tobias, Maxi, and Matisse with whatever the 29 pick and removing the protection the protection on the 27 pick and I, I, I guess I don't know second rounders or something. They don't they don't have a lot to offer in terms of draft compensation, but whatever they could. Um, so it was funny that. Tobias uh, had his wedding over the weekend. Yes. Congra- congratulations to Tobias. Um, it looked like him and his wife had a, had a wonderful day. Everything looked beautiful. So congrats to them. But the the picture of him, Tyrese, Matisse, and also George <laughs> Niang, and it instantly got the caption, the, the KD return package. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just just so perfect. Like he, Tobias laughed at that on his Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely had good humor about things. Uh, I saw somebody asked him, uh, like where's Joel in all these pictures? He said that he, he's back in the bathroom taking a dump, um, <laughs> <laughs> like trying trying to put a wedge between Joel. So yeah, Tobias definitely uh, had a great week, which you know, awesome. I'm I'm so glad he's happy that you know going to be one of the best days of his life. Uh, so very very good humor and and taking it in stride. But yeah, you couldn't have really have scripted it any better that. That that picture was one of the prominent ones to to make the the round on social media, yeah. yeah, just absolutely perfect. Um, so I I think the angle for well the Sixers have a chance even if it isn't the the best return package that any team in the league could offer is that hey Durant wants to play with Harden they're close they were recently like in Europe together like going going to a concert uh they they're definitely tight from their OKC days and. 
they seem to get along just fine again in Brooklyn. Um, so he, he could just force his way here. Like, and we don't have to go into that, but we, we, we kind of mentioned that in the, the first part of the pod, like he, if he wants to come to the Sixers stars have certain degree of leverage and Katie's at the pinnacle of the sport. Like he could probably make it happen if he said, Hey, I'm not going to play for anybody else or like Brooklyn, you, you're going to have to hold out. I'm going to hold out and not play for you. So make the best deal you can. And the Sixers offer something that involves Maxi. Like that's not a bad offer. So they just might do it because they have kind of have their hands forced. So that's a scenario where it could happen. Now, should the Sixers do that? And I think the most people say, yeah, you're crazy not to trade for Kevin Durant, who has four years left on his deal. He's yes, he'll be 34 years old, but very few people historically are as an elite a shooter as he is at his height. And I guess, I guess aside from like Dirk, nobody as a seven footer has been as good of a shooter as Kevin Durant ever. So he should age pretty well. Like even if he's coming off some, some injuries and as he, as he gets into his mid to late thirties, like he's still going to be able to shoot over anyone he wants. Like that's never going to be a skill that leaves him. So his, his career arc should, should age very well. Um, so you're looking at a window where you have Durant Embiid and Harden for, I, I would assume Harden would want to stick around even beyond this year. Um, so you're looking at like a two to three year window before the, the wheels completely fall off on like Harden and Durant. Like that's, you, you gotta be the title favorite. I would think with, with that trio. And if you're only losing Tobias and Matisse, in addition to Maxi, like you haven't completely dismantled your depth. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts. Do you think it's a no brainer? Um, and where would you put slot the Sixers if if this deal was to go down? Yeah, the only thing I would push back on is I think when we say stars can steer where they go, we're talking about a lot of instances where stars go where they want in free agency, like LeBron James. We're talking about a lot of instances where stars have one and a half to one years on their deal and they get to go where they want because saying I will absolutely never re-sign if you trade for me is very persuasive to a lot of teams. And I think this fits a little bit differently. I think he's with four years left to go. And as good as he is, there would be teams to say, I don't care. Like we don't, we're not worried about your next contract. We're not worried about if you're happy, we're going to make it work. You're worth it. So I don't think he would have as much say as a normal situation that we're used to. I do think there'd be a team that would say, look, if he's not thrilled to be here, we have to do this. And I think one of those teams should be the Sixers. Because I agree with you, they would be finals favorites. I do think they'd win it all. I think it would be the right thing to do for them. I think if you were getting rid of Tobias, Matisse, Maxi, I mean, maybe even Paul Reed or Springer, if they were interested in those players, I think you'd start seeing some, some veterans who want to be here. You know, you might get Hassan Whiteside to say, hey, I'll take a vet men to join that team. Yeah, you definitely get your first choice of the buyout guys in February. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. You'd get, you'd probably get a few right now that you like a couple names that are still out there floating. I mean, not Colin Sexton, but maybe a white side Kent Bazemore just went. So there's guys like that. Ben Macklemore is a sniper that's played with James Harden. Uh, I think people would want to play for that team. I think it is weird to me because 
everything you said is true about KD and Harden getting along, but then we read like Jake Fisher report that there was this massive cold war between them going on all related to Kyrie. So I guess they've completely squashed that. And I'm guessing they joked on this London trip on this, you know, Barcelona trip they're on, like, dude, Sean Mark should have told you to kick rocks and just kept you. We, we would have not been a playing team. We would have been at least a six seed and Kyrie would have been full time by then. We would have made some noise in the playoffs and then we can max you right now. And Harden was probably like, yeah, why don't you come to Philly? <laughs> yeah, we'll do it there and we won't have to deal with Kyrie being a weirdo. We just need Mike <laughs> Rubin to convert some fanatic stocks and unprotected King, Kings picks that we could trade. <laughs> if only you could, uh, if only there was a, a marketplace for converting fanatic stock into draft compensation. Yes, in some that's way. the thing right now. Like, a, like an NFT bridge or something where, where you can make <laughs> it happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, because so they would win it. They would, that, that trio would win it. And, and all the uh, vet mins they would sign. Yeah, because to Daryl and the Sixers front office's credit, they've, they've done a really good job. They have the depth this year. They're like, they're at least nine, nine to 10 legitimate reputation pieces they have in place right now. So if you were to do a three for one and you, you lose two, you're, you're still, you know, not in a bad situation where you'd still be a, have a pretty solid eight man rotation, um, which is really all you need for the playoffs. So yeah, the, and, and then, as you said, you could, you could get your first pick of veteran buyout guys and, people would flock to come here because you'd be the the title favorite. So yeah, it's, it's a weird situation because Tyrese Maxey could not have done anything more in his short time here thus far to endear himself to the Philadelphia fan base. Like the whole He's on the fast track to a statue. Let's face it. Yeah. He has, he has the, the interview, like Philadelphia sports mentality down perfectly where like he said recently that, fans use their hard-earned money to, to pay to watch us play. So I'm not going to do anything less than be the best player I can be and, and work to be that every day. Like that's, that's just like catnip for Philadelphia sports fans. The so who was crying <laughs> at the idea he'd be traded for Grant, like called him on FaceTime and got him a Jersey. Yeah. What a, what a guy. Yeah. Just seems like the, the most like humble, hardworking and like, just endearing himself to the fan base. The 1% better stuff is very much legitimate. Like it's, it's not an act like Jimmy Butler works hard, but there, there's a certain amount of theater to what, when he yeah, talks about that kind of stuff. Disingenuous. Yeah. Um, where, whereas there's none of that with Tyrese, like literally every person that comes in contact with him, like raves about his work ethic and his character and everything else. So gosh, you would just, it, it would be like tearing your heart out to, to trade this, this guy away because it, it seems like it's going to be such a joy to watch him continue to develop and improve. And you just really want to see what his ceiling is going to be. And you want to see it in a Sixers uniform, but man, if, if you can get Durant and have at least two years, I would say where you're the, the title favorite, like you're the, you're the one a in, in the entire league. And yeah, it might not work out because there's always a certain degree of luck involved and there's injuries that could pop up. You could stagger but... all three of those <laughs> each play 60 games and win all the games where one sits. Yeah. I, 
you definitely could. It, it would all come down to like, oh, if if harm if uh, there's a hamstring injury in the second round of the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, that would blew it up for the Nets. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you, the, like Brooklyn just is coming off a similar situation where they had this star trio that everyone said made them the favorite in the league, and suddenly there's an injury, things kind of fall apart, and then. As it turned out, they only ended up playing what, like forty-three games together as a group. So, one pesky hamstring and one pesky pandemic <laughs> with local ordinance to not. <laughs> yeah. And now so, here we are. Yep. So you never know. Like you, you can't just say you have the best trio in the league and and that's enough. Like you, you have to go out and do it. And but to to put yourself in pole position I, for at least like a couple years, I, I feel like that's something that you have to do it just I mean, yeah people debate this like do you want three stars or do you want depth but like the teams that do have three bona fide stars they win it like half of the time so that's better than the, the odds on favorite right now i feel like has a 22 and a half percent chance or whatever it is and, and so you'd be up to like 50 if you could uh pull off a trade like that maybe not act literally but much higher than you currently are at plus 1500 yeah, you 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 definitely vault from like a you you need more than double your odds. You'd go from like a five more to ten percent chance to yeah, like a twenty to twenty five percent chance. Yeah. So it's it, it would be one of the most polarizing like emotional things to ever happen as far as like the sport the Philly sports landscape. But I I think it's you, you kind of have to do it at the end of the day and. It would, it just, it would be a testament to what a great pick Maxi was at 21 overall, 20 overall. Yeah, it, it would like, and, and people would like, imagine a scenario where the Sixers do end up winning a title. People would still revere Maxi in this town for be a legend. Yeah. They because to he was, he was years. the piece that got them Kevin Durant, which got them the title. Yeah. And he would always get a nice ovation whenever he came. Like he, he's an all-star in Brooklyn, but people still love him for years to come here. Like it, it would still happen. Um, we have to get his, his <laughs> smiling face on the banner somehow. <laughs> they could invite him to the parade, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you really think you would have to do it. Uh, so the, the thing that's tough is like how, how they could easily have this capital, if not for the, the decisions in between Hinky and Maury, like a lot of wasted assets used to get Tobias and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if if you didn't overpay for Tobias and you had like one extra draft pick from that deal, if you didn't do the, the whole Horford debacle and had to like give Tom up Patrick. a draft pick to to get off his contract, it'd be um, done. It'd be done. Yeah, exactly. The, but I mean, you can't. That it's always hindsight. Like for every bad yeah. pick they made or bad decision they made, they're they they made probably two good ones. Like on the whole, the last half decade or so they, they've done a better job than not um of, of building this team um but yeah you can you can always point back to those things and if they had done everything perfectly yeah it'd be a wrap but that's you know that's not how the real world works <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i we'll see what happens i'm sure i'm sure this is going to drag out through the rest of the offseason brooklyn is going to try to maintain as much leverage as they can as these discussions continue they're not going to settle for what they consider to be 50 cents on the dollar um i think it's going to at least going to training camp and we'll see if as you mentioned there's a durant 
training camp holdout, whether that forces their hand or not, and whether things really accelerate at that point. But yeah, for now, it's just a super interesting thought exercise. And it's also just a reminder of what a good job this organization has done to make it where they're, they're on the short list for a guy that, you know, not now, probably because he's 33 going into his age 34 season, but has been the best player in the world at some point during his career. And, you know, legitimately wants to come to Philadelphia and, and play with the roster that they've assembled here. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good time, you know, <laughs> even it's been a good vibe summer, everything's been going good. And even amidst like an emotionally divisive decision, like trading away Tyrese Maxey for Durant, like would you, or would you not do it? Like at, at the core of it, there's still the good vibes of, wow, Durant would want to come here. So. Yeah. And even, even <laughs> Tobias Harris and his, wedding day joy couldn't appreciate the humor in that which is fun i also think it's interesting that the with the reports out that like durant has a wandering eye you know he obviously wants out and he's maybe frustrated with returns that sean marks has done he clearly isn't like thrilled to just stay put which is maybe an outside referendum on the ben simmons trade return both Seth Curry played through an injury and needed ankle surgery. Ben Simmons obviously needed back surgery. Daryl Morey got pretty heck of a good return on these guys who might have been banged up if they finished the season out in Philly also. So, you know, um, there were times we went back and forth and said, did the Nets get the better of them? Are they going to miss those draft picks? But the deal looks better today in light of where the Nets are at and how happy they are or not happy they are with the Ben Simmons end of things. Yeah, Daryl definitely did pretty well in that deal. And the one the one kind of interesting corollary is that we were all so excited that he was able to hang on to Matisse. And, and then Matisse has been like, would he be salary cap dump this offseason? Like his value has just plummeted after that. But but other than that, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. wonder if you could have kept something more in that trade. I'm I'm skeptical. You maybe if the Bulls really wanted him and you got a third team involved. And the Bulls gave the Nets a pick for him. Maybe you could have saved the 2023 pick that you now won't have. I don't know. But, yeah, it is funny that a lot of reports were that he was a big part of that negotiation. And now Sixers fans are like, well, you could just cut him and sign Whiteside, and I'd be happy. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Dave, thank you for fleshing all this out with us. I'm I'm glad that you're you're back from your vacation and we're here because you're the perfect person to – run through this with so thanks again for joining where can everybody find you and your your work online oh thank you i appreciate it it's fun to be back at david early on twitter all my works at liberty ballers and uh really excited for this coming season yep absolutely um i'm gonna be I'm, i might do a pod next week i'm not sure i have a vacation coming up myself for all the listeners out there so Either way, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks at the at the latest. But until then, enjoy the rumors. Enjoy the rest of your summer. I'll talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. 
it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.